Are you wondering how to go from working for someone else to working for yourself? On this episode, we talk with real rebel Ellie May, who shares her personal story about being made redundant and transitioning into entrepreneurship. We talk about all sorts of things like mental health, finances, finding fulfillment in work, shifting from services to digital product sales, and more. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast, where we feature everyday rebel women just like you who are taking charge of their life and creating a path to financial freedom by building a business online. I'm your host, Eden Freed, and it's time to build your empire. Want 2019 to be the year that you finally create and sell a profitable digital product? I've got good news for you. The first annual Rebel Boss Virtual Summit, presented by Deadline Funnel and hosted by me, Eden Freed, is coming your way this February. From February 26th through 28th, 2019, you'll hear from more than 25 of the internet's smartest and most successful digital marketers, product creators, and entrepreneurs who are sharing their best tips and tricks to help you launch your next profitable digital product. Tickets are 100% free. Just head to rebelbosses.com to grab your free ticket to the virtual summit. Again, that's rebelbosses.com to grab your free ticket to 2019's premier digital product event. See you there. Welcome back, Rebels. We have a really short introduction today because I want to save all of the time for this incredible interview. But on the show, we have Ellie Charles, or more commonly known as Ellie May. Ellie is a full-time entrepreneur and founder of the Becoming Boss Society, where she helps female side hustlers take their dream of becoming a full-time boss and turn that into a reality. But honestly, the most interesting thing about Ellie beyond her bio is her story. She went from being made redundant to launching headfirst into entrepreneurship. She took all of those challenges and honestly uh, channeled all of her energy into creating this business that she now uses to earn her full-time income. And I really think that's that's the true definition of what a real rebel is. And that's why Ellie is our second installment of the Real Rebel series of the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast. So without further ado, please welcome Ellie May to the show. Hey, Ellie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I'm really pumped to have you share your story. But before we get into the background of how you got to where you are today, how about you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Cool. So my name is Ellie and I am the founder of EllieMay.com and the Becoming Boss Society, where I help ladies who want to quit the desk jobs, quit working in retail and actually quit their nine to fives and become full-time entrepreneurs online. And I've been doing it for quite some time now. And yeah, I help people through my membership, the Becoming Boss Society and through one-on-one coaching as well. Take us back. I know you told me before we started recording that this is like about a a year ago or more, but um, how did you get started in this whole world? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I have always worked in like full-time jobs and part-time jobs in administration, desk jobs, all those sorts of fun things. And I've been um, seeing other people creating blogs, seeing other people being Instagram influencers, and I just wanted in. And it was back in probably 2016 when I first started a beauty blog, and that's still my blog, EllieMay.com. 
And when I started beauty blogging, I started working with brands and I started making a bit of money and I went to some events and it was lots of fun. And then I fell out of love for writing about beauty. Um, It kind of wasn't fulfilling me. It wasn't, you know, lighting me up. I always felt like I had a bigger purpose than just writing about, you know, a foundation and how it compares to another one. It's half the price. So um, I was doing that whilst I was... Um, yeah, at my full-time job, which was a desk job. And then I was made redundant. (laughs) And this was August of 2016. And I was basically pulled into an office and said, thanks so much for a year and a half of hard work. Um, Grab your handbag and leave. You've got no job. So what was that like? Was that a shock to you? Did you think it was coming? Tell us about that. No, no idea it was coming. My um, boss is actually, well, she was located about four and a half hours drive from here. So I was in their secondary office with probably three or four other people. So it was always a very quiet office. Um, And once a year they had like their big, you know, big meeting for the year um, where all the main bosses would come down to um, my town and have their annual meeting. And they just all called in to say, hey. And then next minute I was like, oh, I've lost my job. Great. And it was the biggest shock to the system. And I remember walking out of that office. I grabbed my blanket because I used to sit with my blanket at my desk. I grabbed my handbag and immediately just was blowing my eyes out. I was hyperventilating. I rang my mom who was home that day sick. I just said, mom, I'm coming over. Are you home? And she said, yeah, like, is everything okay? And I hung up on her and I was there within like two minutes flat. I swear I sped the whole way. And um, like that was the hardest time in my life. Like the next few months was insane for me, all because of that 10 minute conversation. So what did you think you were going to do next after you found out you no longer had that job? I had no idea. I didn't even know how to tell my partner. Like I have been with my partner at that stage. We'd been together for, um, it was eight years then. And so we've been together nine years now. And um, yeah, it was just really hard thinking about how I was even going to tell them. And, you know, like, of course, when you get, um, when you're made redundant, like you get a redundancy payout. So it's like, yeah, you've got a couple of thousand dollars to get you through, but then now I have to go through the process of writing a resume, writing a cover letter, applying for jobs, being let down, going through all the crap that you go through when you're in, you know, the normal nine to five. And oh, I just didn't want it to happen. And it just, I didn't, you know, I wanted to wake up that next day and be like, oh, it was all just a dream. But um, did you think, did you think that you would get another job? At that point, I was just, I think I was just so like my mental health just plummeted hardcore that I couldn't even see that part of me. Like I couldn't, I didn't even think about getting another job. I was just so like I was so down, I was so anxious, I was just so, yeah, just not in, that was the worst, probably worst place of my life and I couldn't even think about getting another job at that point, immediately, yeah. It it does, it kind of sounds like you tied a lot of your self-worth to this job that you had, would you say that's true? Yeah, I would definitely say that's true. I feel like any job that I've ever been in, up until I started my own business, I always poured my heart and soul into and I always over-delivered and I always stayed extra late or got there extra early. I always, you know, created new trainings and new documents for them to use and I always went over the top when I really shouldn't have because in the end it works out that none of them really care all that much about what I did and I think that's what really hurt me when I was made redundant is I wasn't fired. I did nothing wrong 
but I also felt like I wasn't appreciated. I wasn't um, respected. And that really hit me hard. How did you get from that really low point of struggling Mm -hmm. with that process to then kind of jumping right into entrepreneurship? I know. I know. It seems crazy. Like, (laughs) I know. I think back to that. I'm like, how did I get from there to here? And the change has been phenomenal. And I'm a completely different person. Like you wouldn't even know I went through that. But um, yeah, so back then, like I said, my mental health plummeted. I was hit with like major depression. Um, You know, my anxiety was like at an all time high. I couldn't leave the house. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I cut off all my connections with my friends. Like it was a really hard time. And I just said, I just need to go see a doctor. And I went to a doctor. I ended up getting on medication. I ended up going to counseling. And I'm very open about all of this. I have no problem speaking about it. I think it's such a real problem, especially even, you know, as entrepreneurs, like that's a whole nother story. Um, But yeah, it was a really hard time. So I sought out help. I started medication. I started going to a counselor every week. um, And I did that for about two or three months going to the counselor. And I learned so much uh, about myself and about the way that, you know, my brain works and all of these, um, you know, limiting beliefs that I had about myself. And, you know, like you said before, about kind of my self-worth and tying that in with the day jobs that I had and the people I was working for and the types of people that they were, it was all rubbing off on me in the wrong way. So um, that was a really hard transition, but I was just lucky to have the support of my counsellor and my family at that time. Um, And by the end of that year, so that happened in August. And then by the end of that year, I would say in December, I really started to see some big shifts. And that's when in December I got accepted for a job to start in January, which was like, the biggest turnaround for me. I was so excited. And that was, um, yeah, that was going to obviously be another job, um, which ended up being my last job, but yeah. Okay. So how long were you in that next job before you started yeah. the next thing? Oh yeah. Cool. So yeah, I know. Um, so I was in that job from January, 2017 until August, 2018. So I was in that for what's that a year and eight months. Um, and I loved that job. Don't get me wrong. That was actually a fantastic day job. It's just that I always wanted to quit a day job and I always wanted to be an online entrepreneur. So, um, around the time that I started that job in January, 2018, I shifted my business away from, you know, the beauty and away from the influencing. And I started to um, see a bit of a gap in the market with people giving Instagram advice, which obviously is very common nowadays. But back then, um, no one was kind of coaching other people about Instagram and um, giving them tips and everything. So I was getting so many DMs. I was like, I need to start this. So I got into that area and I started doing my photography, which is something I've loved all my life. Um, but yeah, so that's when I transitioned as well. So I transitioned both my like business and my day job, which was really great. Fresh start for me. So I want to dive a little bit more into that. Um, would you, for anyone listening who has kind of gone through that process of losing a job and, you know, feeling really low and down and just wanting to at some point get to that place where they can work for themselves, what would you recommend for them any advice yeah I think redundancy is the hardest thing because like I said you aren't being fired for work that you've done wrong or something you've done wrong you're just they just don't need you so they just the company no longer needs that position and it's unfortunate that you're in it and I think the biggest thing to remember is that is the case um 
you know, you haven't done anything wrong and that you are a great worker and that you did do great work for them. Um, and you know, you shouldn't tie your self-worth to one job. Um, you know, I'm very strong in saying like, it is just a job. It just pays the bills. It's just your job. Um, and unless it's something, you know, you pour your absolute heart and soul into in the end, I think, um, you know, when you think about it from a point of, oh, you know, they didn't like what I did and they didn't respect me and I'm so angry with them. I wish I could go back into that room and, you know, tell them what's what and all those sorts of things that come to mind. I think it's just really important to be in that moment and just appreciate the time that you had at that job. Really be grateful for the time that you had there, all the great memories you had and then think, right, well, this obviously wasn't the right path for me. There's obviously a better path out there for me and, that's what I'm moving on to. And in order for me to, you know, go to that next job or to start that online business, I had to be made redundant. That had to happen for me to, you know, fuel my fire to now, like for me, if I hadn't been made redundant and gone through all those emotions, I probably wouldn't be helping other ladies quit their nine to fives and go full time. I could be doing something completely different. So I think it's just important to remember that whatever happens is happening for a reason, even if it is the hardest thing to even hear that, like right now, if you are, you know, you've just been made redundant or, or, you know, you've been fired or something like that, it's happening for a greater purpose. Like there is something better out there for you. And whether or not you get another day job after the job that you've just lost or not, you go straight into business. Um, it's all a part of the plan. <laughs> and I think you have such a unique perspective because you went through this experience of being let go from your job to then getting another job that you made the decision to leave and then yeah. starting a business. So you kind of went through this major shift, which is, yes. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the craziest thing for me when I actually quit like that job, like I quit and I wasn't, it was the hardest thing because I didn't want to quit because I loved where I worked. I was friends with my boss. Like there was like 30 plus women working at this place and it was just amazing. And so to quit and be like, I'm in charge this time. I'm telling you that I'm leaving. It was the, it was the most liberating experience to do it. And um, yeah, it's just so different to be made redundant. So so when you left that job, was it for any specific purpose? Was it because your new business was really thriving or just because you felt like it no longer served a purpose in your life? Yeah. Yep. So, um, basically all of 2018. So leading up to when I quit my day job, um, all of 2018, I had been working so hard to get my business really off the ground and to really, um, fulfill me, not only just make money, but to really fulfill me and make me feel like I had you know, that purpose I talked about before with beauty just wasn't fulfilling me and being an influencer wasn't fulfilling me working with brands. I knew that there was something better for me out there. And that's when I started, um, you know, all the social media and photography stuff. And I realized that this is what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to take professional photos for other entrepreneurs and for other bloggers and Instagram and everything. So I spent majority of 2018, um, I worked part-time at that day job that I'm talking about. So I worked from 12 to 5.30, so midday onwards. So all of the mornings I would spend working on my business. So I was very lucky um, that I had those few hours in the morning to work on it. And I just... Yeah, I went really hard at making sure I was doing all the right things, working on the right tasks, not wasting time um, and investing my money where it needed to be invested, you know, in courses and um, with a business coach and those sorts of things. And then, you know, within months I was going, oh, wow, like my income is actually starting to increase and then it doubled and then it tripled. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm making enough money now. And this was July. Um, 
I'm making enough money now to actually go full time because, you know, I can pay the bills, I can pay the rent, I've got enough for food, I've got enough for all of that. And that's something I actually teach inside my membership is you have to prepare. Um, and because I had prepared and I had my game plan, I was like, yes, let's just do it. Um, my original plan wasn't actually to quit until December 2018. Um, so that's just crazy that I did it like four or five months earlier. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm curious about that, about the planning and preparation. Um a lot of times we think like, oh, we need to earn more money, but we don't think about the flip side of cutting down mm. expenses. Is that something that you considered as you were pondering when you were going to leave that part-time job? Yes, definitely. Yes. Lots of expenses were cut, um, both in business and in personal life. Um, so say in business, there were tools that I was using that might have cost me 50 to $60 a month. When I like actually researched it, there were tools that I could use that were free or $12 a month. So there were big expenses cut, um, which, you know, is an important part of running a business anyway. Like if you can cut expenses, great. Um, so I really honed down on that. I also stopped, you know, just going out on shopping sprees and buying things that I really didn't need or jumping on eBay late at night when I was tired and buying all sorts of silly things that didn't need to be um, bought. So yeah, I just got really serious about it, I think. And I started to think about my business more as a business owner and not as a, like a hobbyist. So I didn't think of it like, Oh, I just blog for fun. I'm like, I'm a business owner, not just, you know, a hobbyist. So um, I really started to shift my perspective. Do you have any examples of things that you specifically cut out of your budget and something that maybe was too precious to, to leave your budget? Yeah, I think for me, um, like one of them was I was paying for a course platform, um, Teachable, which is a great platform. And I was using that to deliver um, digital products. And I was also using that to deliver my Tripwire digital products as well. And I used to have a course on it. I got rid of the course. It didn't align with me anymore. But I was paying 50 or $60 a month for it when I looked into Send Owl, which was another um, program. And it was $12. And I was like, well, that's going to do the exact same thing for like $40 less. So immediately there was $40 saved per month. Um, it's the same with like I had a sales funnel, like for my Tripwire um, product, I had a deadline funnel, which again is a really great resource. Um, but after taking one of um, Elise from House of Brazen, one of her courses about sales funnels, she recommended a, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a free WordPress evergreen countdown timer. I think that's and what it's called. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then I was like, wow, this is free. Like, why aren't I just using this and saving myself $50 a month again? So they were two big standout ones for me. Um, and then in personal life, um, I can't think of any specific examples, but just cutting out the unnecessary purchases. Like, so cutting out, you know, a new pair of shoes and cutting out another pair of pajamas. I have an obsession with pajamas. So cutting out all those sorts of things that, you know, are luxuries, I would call them. You don't need them to survive. Um, and that's kind, of, that's kind of what I went into was like, you know, okay, this is just, this is my make or break. I need to make enough money for rent and for bills and for food and for water and to, you know, cover all my business expenses. And that's it. No luxuries. I'm going to go hard at this for a couple of months. And that's exactly what I did. And I stopped splurging on myself. And then, you know, within months, I had enough money to actually quit my job because I think I was in that mindset, like serious about making it 
my full-time career, um, being a full-time business owner, that when I got in that mindset, that's when the big shift started to happen. That it's such an important reminder to analyze your finances and really look at what is a must have and what is a want to have. And then also calculating your overall spend every single month. So I love that you did that and that you teach that. So I'm curious about your uh, mindset. So your overarching theme is that you've grown a lot as a person from the time that you left that job you know, without wanting to leave, obviously, to the to right now. But was there ever a time in the past year, 18 months, as you're growing your business, and even before you left your part-time job, that you questioned whether or not this was going to be viable in the long term? Um, I think for me, like, I've had so many ups and downs that I, it's all, it all becomes a blur at some point. I think for me, um, you know, obviously the lowest of lows was when I was made redundant. Um, and then going into that new part-time job, um, six months later. So I was basically without a job for six months. Um, six months later when I started that part-time job, um, it was a slow uphill battle. So it was not just an immediate fix. Um, you know, obviously I shifted my business and I shifted my um, day job, which was great, but it did take a long time and I still did go to counseling and I started to get into personal development and I started reading books and I got into Tony Robbins and all of these wonderful motivational speakers that really helped me to change the way that I thought about, um, you know, myself as a person, which then obviously helped me as a business owner, because when you're a business owner, you know, that obviously directly affects who you are as a person and who you are as a person directly affects who you are as a business owner. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's been any particular points over the last 18 months that have really just brought me down or, um, kind of knocked me back. Obviously there's been times with, um, clients, like if I, if I'm doing services with people, um, you know, clients obviously can get difficult sometimes. Um, and then that definitely, you know, it comes back to the the same old stories playing my head of the self-worth and am I worthy enough and um, maybe they'll just leave me and those sorts of things. But um, generally speaking, I think because of that, that really hard work I went through um, in those six months when I was out of a job, um, going to counselling, etc. I think I had such transformational shifts in that time that it's really set me up on this, you know, uphill slope because I've been... Um, yeah, I've just been working really hard every single day um, and I still work hard every single day to be a better version of me and to always, yeah, always be working on myself as a person and as a business owner. I love that about you, that you're so willing to continue growing. It's not like an end result that you are finally the person you want to be, that you're just <laughs> constantly growing and evolving as a person yeah. and also as a business owner. Um, tell us a little bit about why your business has shifted because you kind of went from exclusively selling services and now you're selling more digital stuff that you yep. can download or subscribe to. So tell us a little bit about why you made that shift. Yep. Cool. So with um, obviously services, they are great um, and they do bring in quite a lot of income because obviously you're doing quite a lot more work than you would with a digital product. However, the big vision for me and the big picture, which is what, you know, I'm all about thinking big picture, big long term, all those sorts of things. Um, it's not me working, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, not being able to take breaks, having to report to other people. It's me, you know, 
enjoying my life, being able to work the hours that I want to work. If that's three hours for a day or it's 12 hours for a day, um, you know, I can work the hours that I want to work. So I started shifting um, my direction in terms of, you know, the products and the services that I offered and digital products are just amazing. Like I love digital products and I think every online entrepreneur loves digital products. Um, and I loved that I could help more people than just one person at a time. Um, you know, and anyone who knows me personally knows that I'm just someone who just wants to help everyone. <laughs> and that's a big struggle for me sometimes because I'm trying to change people and help them do this and help them do that. And so digital products was like an outlet for me to be able to do that because services obviously is, you know, you come to me and you want one thing, I provide that to you and you only. Whereas with digital products, I could have a bigger impact and I could, you know, help people, um, do the same thing, but it might be a hundred people instead of just one. So I felt like I was getting more out of it and then more people were getting more out of it. Um, yeah. So I love digital products now. <laughs> was it a struggle to, uh, to make that transition or did it kind of happen naturally? I think it happened naturally. Um, because I was offering digital products, you know, alongside services, it wasn't a huge um, shift for me to go, okay, services, now digital products. Um, so I still do offer services in terms of coaching and those things. But um, yeah, for me, digital products kind of just complemented my services. So the transition was nice and easy. Um, yeah. And how did you learn how to create these digital products? Was there any tool that you used that, you know, really helped you out? Mm. Um, I think for me, I'm very lucky because I have such a great network of friends online. And one of my closest friends, Alicia from Basil and Bark, um, she is a master at digital products. And Alicia and I chat all the time. And I was actually, you know, chatting with her and I was chatting with my coach, uh, coach Krista, who is friends with Alicia. So it was kind of like a little circle um, about, you know, the different things that I could create and different ideas that I had. And it was really good to have, you know, kind of like a little mastermind to come back to and say, hey, this is what I want to create. Can I get some feedback? And they would give me, you know, honest, raw feedback on, you know, yeah, that'll work or no, it won't, or it's overpriced, it's underpriced, those sorts of things. So having feedback from others in the industry definitely, definitely really helped. Um, I think for me, I'm a person who loves being like self-taught on how to use things. Um, like I taught myself photography from the age of 13. I taught myself how to use Photoshop when I was 15. I taught myself how to use Illustrator, um, Canva, all those sorts of things. And I love design. Like I've always loved design. I've always created all my own design stuff. So yeah, I just self-taught, um, just played around with all the tools and yeah, started to get some feedback and then yeah, listen to my way. Uh, listen to what my audience wanted was a really big one as well, like really big. Yeah, that is so important because a lot of times people can just kind of create a digital product based on what they want instead of mm. what their audience wants. So, did you did you find that was true for you, or did you really start at the beginning and ask yourself, "No, my audience really needs this." Yeah, I started at the beginning and was like, "Okay, what does my audience need?" Because I think I'd seen so many. Like I've seen so many eBooks come out about, you know, like short 10 page eBooks about someone's story or, um, you know, about things that weren't kind of offering a solution to their audience's problems. And I was just kind of seeing them flop and I went, oh my God, I don't want that. If I'm going to be pouring hours of work into something and I want to be seen as an authority in my niche and I want to, I want people to think of me when they think of, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is at that time. Um, 
And so I thought about, you know, what does my audience need? Where are they struggling? What are the common questions that I'm being asked? Because often, you know, as business owners, especially on Instagram, like I'll get multiple DMs a day and majority of them are questions. And so then what I did was I just created a Google Doc with every question I've ever been asked or that I could think of that I've been asked and looked at the common themes. And, you know, a lot of those say, for example, was Instagram captions. People weren't confident with how they were writing them. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to use call to actions. They didn't know, should they write in first person, third person, all those sorts of questions. And I thought, well, why don't I just create a a quick swipe file of captions that they can use? And I did. And I launched them and they went nuts and still every day people buy them every single day. And that's because I listened to what my audience wanted and I created it without asking them, Hey, would you like this? Because I already knew that they did. I already knew that they wanted it. Okay. I love this. (laughs) So your first (laughs) digital product was your Instagram captions. What do you call that? An ebook? Yeah. So, um, I call it my Instagram captions collections. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I'd done a little bit of, um, you know, I said before about the design work, I'd done a few styled stock photography sets and some Instagram, um, like highlights covers and stories and those sorts of things on creative market before. Um, but never like a proper digital product on my own site that was, you know, a swipe file or something like that. So this was my first big, you know, digital product launch, I would say. And do you mind if I ask you a few questions about your numbers and stuff? (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. So, um, what was that process like, like of launching that, that collection? Um, how many sales did you make and from what size audience? Yeah. So for me, um, the launch was actually all over the shop. To be honest, I was like, I'm just going to soft launch them. I'm just going to let everyone know that they're coming in a couple of weeks, which I did. Um, and then a big part of my like social media strategy is to post on Instagram stories. So in the few weeks leading up to it, I'd post behind the scenes, me working on them, a few polls asking people, um, you know, like what would your niche be? Are you a blogger? Are you a business owner? Are you this? Are you that? And that helped me to shape the different um, categories of captions collections. So um, there's multiple categories. So some of them are photo- photographers, some of them are for, um, you know, influencers, artists, uh, side hustlers, all those sorts of things. Um, and so I was basically kind of just hinting at it uh, really softly, really gently. And then also in my Instagram captions, I was doing user-generated content. So I was more just focusing on giving them value about Instagram captions before I even released it. And then as soon as the product was ready to go, I was like, I'm just going to launch it. (laughs) It's the first time I've ever done that. Like I didn't have any launch emails written. I didn't have any of that. And I just went, okay, I'm getting so many messages still like from people saying, when are they releasing? And the second that I finished it, I just said on Instagram stories, yep, it's live, go buy it. And I think within that first, I think it was the first 24 hours, um, I made over $800 from the Instagram captions collections, um, which were sold for about $20 each. Wait, no, it wasn't 800. I think it was 400 within the first 24 hours. Um, And then from then onwards, it's like every day, minimum probably two to five people um and I don't really promote them at all you know I have my pins set up on Pinterest and I have them mentioned on my um, Instagram account from now and then but um yeah it was it was really weird how I launched it but they they launched really well people love them incredible where are they coming from if you have sales coming in every day do you know where they're coming from 
Yes, yeah, so majority of them are from Pinterest. Um, so I love Pinterest and a majority of my um, passive income sales do come from there. It's such a powerful tool. Um, so yeah, I use Pinterest for a lot of them. Um, some of them do just come from organic search. So some of them are through SEO, which is really great. I've been working really hard on getting my SEO up over the last couple of months. Um, and then, you know, every now and then I do still have people come to me on Instagram and say, hey, I need some help with captions. And then I'll directly lead them and say, you know, I've got captions collections. You can just buy them for $30. Um, and then you've got like 90 captions guaranteed, which, you know, obviously is quite a lot if you're only posting a couple of times per week. So when you say um, you're getting them from Pinterest, so you're literally creating a pin that advertises the captions and then that pin directs them to the sales page. Yes, correct. That, that's insane that you are able to generate sales directly from pins because a lot of times they say, well, you need a funnel for a product, but your product seems to be so high value, even though it's really inexpensive, that it yeah. just has no problem selling with cold traffic. Yeah, I think that's it. And I did worry that like when I first launched it, I thought, okay, I'll just get a couple of pins out, see how they go. And then when I started seeing sales and, you know, like you said, it was cold traffic. I thought, well, obviously it's to do with the amount of value that they're getting for such a low price. They're like, well, it's a no brainer, 90 captions. Like that's invaluable. Like 30 bucks is nothing compared to the value you're getting in it. As well as, um, you know, leading up to that launch, I already had so many blog posts, like tons of blog posts written on Instagram and Instagram captions and hashtags and, um, you know, generating engagement and call to actions and all those sorts of things. So I think because I already had such a warm audience, um, that, you know, when they come out, people were kind of expecting it. It wasn't like I just came out with some random product that people had no idea what it was. So even if someone landed on my website from Pinterest, they'd see a hundred other things talking all about Instagram. So they would you know, get that idea that, oh, okay, so she knows what she's talking about. These are good. I'll get them. Yeah. So you've kind of built up a lot of credibility and authority yeah. in, in your space, which is definitely an important component of a high conversion rate. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all really exciting. Your transformation in a really short period of time is absolutely incredible. Where do you see the future of your business going? Oh, so exciting. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I don't know. I think for me, I've always, like I said, I always go big picture. So I just picture myself, you know, being really carefree as a person, really um, no anxiety. Well, anxiety is always with this, but um, a lot less anxiety, um, a lot more confidence as a person and to be, you know, making money doing the things that I love the most. And at the moment I'm in a transition phase um, with my business, you know, I'm still running the same business and I still, um, you know, I'm focused on Instagram and Pinterest and those sorts of things. But at the moment I'm finding that where I'm most fueled, like where I'm most passionate and I feel like, you know, like my soul is really lit on fire is when I'm talking about my story and when I'm sharing my story and I'm, and I'm talking to ladies who are going through the same transition as me and they're wanting to go full time, but they don't know how to do it. And I think for me, because I've gone through that and I know how easy it is when you're in the right mindset, like, you know, if you've got a bad mindset, like it takes a lot longer, but when you can shift your mindset, um, you know, and put the right strategies in place, going full time actually isn't that hard. And some people would say the complete opposite. Some people would say you need to have $10,000 a month coming in until you go full time and X, Y, Z. But I actually disagree. And that's why now I'm transitioning my business, you know, to really focus on helping ladies who 
are in the same spot as I used to be and are going through all those sorts of emotions that I used to go through to help them come out the other side and to help them see how incredible being a full-time business owner and being your own boss can be because it's so empowering. It's so liberating. And yes, there's still, you know, the hard times and you would know like there's always going to be, you know, your dark days and the days where you don't want to work. Um, but that wouldn't be life if we didn't have those days. So yeah, I just want people to go through that transformation and realize like they can have the exact same experience and they can have those, um, you know, empowering thoughts about themselves and change their lives. So that's where I'm going now. And I don't know, you know, if in five years I'll be in Australia, I don't know if I'll be traveling full time. I don't know those sorts of things, but all I know is that I just, I want to help other ladies, um, you know, just to see the potential within themselves to be able to go through that transformation and understand how easy it is to do when they're in the right mindset and help them change that mindset as well. Sounds like really meaningful work and you're definitely a great person for the job. Um, okay. Tell us where we can find you online. Yes. So um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm always on Instagram at Ellie May. So it's E-L-L-E-Y-M-A-E. Um, or my website, which is elliemay.com. And I do have my membership where I teach ladies how to go full time. Um, so if you want to quit your nine to five, and that is the Becoming Boss Society. So becomingbosssociety.com. Perfect. I'm going to share all of Ellie's links in the show notes. So if you're interested in following her, definitely check that out. Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. Thank you so much for having me. You just listened to episode 15 of the Rebel Boss Ladies podcast with our incredible guest, Ellie May. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it so much if you sent me a direct message on Instagram to let me know. I want to hear from you. I know I want to know what you liked, what you disliked. I want to know everything. And that is the most direct way to message me these days. Yes, it really is me behind that account. You can find me at Eden Freed. Thank you for tuning in, Rebels. You are absolutely amazing. And remember, keep kicking ass, keep putting in the work, and most importantly, keep showing up. Thank you.